Hello, podcast listeners. Hope you're having an amazing day. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Access Potential Podcast. Today, I'm going to dive into a question that I get a lot, something that comes up uh, really frequently with small business owners, people who are starting out, especially in that first sort of two to three year period. However, it can also come in later on. The concepts are still relevant. Uh, and this is this idea or question around how do I get more traction on something? You know, maybe it's a podcast, maybe it's the email list that you've got, maybe it's your social media, whatever it is you're doing, maybe it's the program you've got or something you're trying to sell or an event, putting things out there and it's not resonating or it's not getting traction. You know, maybe it's engagement, maybe it's uh, people buying uh, whatever it might be, you're not seeing the result that you want, and it can be quite frustrating. So I'm going to speak to that a little bit and share some ideas on it. And I just want to go through this and and reframe it. And then from that new perspective, potentially, we'll have a look at some clear action steps you can take so that you can go away with some areas to focus on to start getting the result that you're after. Okay, so let's jump in. This is John Marshall listening to the Access Potential Podcast. All right, so first up, I'm going to kick it off with a little story. When I was little, and this is something that I've spoken about a little bit, we used to do a lot of sailing. We lived on a boat for periods, uh, did a bunch of trips between the age of 12 and about 16 and we would do homeschooling, these sorts of things. And my dad had actually designed and built the boat. <clears throat> so he was a, a boat builder, a designer. And he had originally learned how to do this, uh, I guess, sort of through osmosis. He wasn't a naval architect. He was a physicist and a carpenter. And then he started to work with some boat builders and boat designers in, in Santa Cruz in California. Uh, back in, I guess it would have been probably the 70s. And he worked with these guys and learned these these businesses and learned how to design and learned how these boats worked. In particular, this was the dawn of what were called ultralight boats. So they were like a fiberglass hull, pretty light relative to what had come through. And this sort of benchmark evolved for these new lightweight boats, and it was called a 200-mile day. And basically what it says is your boat's pretty quick if you're able to cover 200 miles in a day. This is a, a big distance for like the old sort of slow boats. Uh, if you're thinking about new like high-end race boats, it's not that great. But it's significant, especially for like a cruising sailboat. So anyway, he had designed this boat and built it over the years and we would do 200 mile days. And it means you're moving along. So for a context, a trip from New Zealand to Fiji would be maybe four or five days, something like that. So it's a pretty decent benchmark. And anyway, the way it works is you're sailing along and you're plotting your position on these charts. Back then anyway, you've got these paper charts going and plotting your position. And at the end of the two 24-hour period, you can map your distance on the chart, of course, and you can see how many miles you've covered. And you can also 
you know, check this with GPS as well. So you've got position between two points and you can see if you've done a 200 mile day. As you go, so as you're sailing, the first trip we did was from New Zealand to Fiji. As you're sailing along during the day, you can look at these things called instruments. The instruments are like the, uh, it's like a speedometer for a boat. It'll show you different metrics. So wind, boat speed, these sorts of things. So you can look at the instruments and see your speed over the ground or you know apparent wind angle, all these different things and get an instantaneous metric that shows how fast you're going. So you've got these two things, right? You've got the speed that you're going at any point in time, and then you've got the total distance that you've covered. But when we think about sailing, you know, we kind of need to backpedal because the very first thing you need in order to sail is to understand how the sails work, right? So the whole thing is driven by the sails themselves. If you want to go faster in a sailboat, you need to watch the weather in the moment and you need to be able to trim the sails to make sure that they work as they're designed as kind of foils to help to move you forward. You need to be able to make decisions and adjust how you're sailing in order to change, influence or increase your boat speed. If you don't know anything about the weather or the wind or the sails or how to make decisions or adjustments, you have no real chance of moving forward until you've learned those things. So it's super simple. And what we can see is you're able to cover big distances or sail faster without actually knowing your speed at any point in time. Right, so let's let's flip it over to business real quick. For centuries in business, you know, and we've got to remember business is the flow of value, right? The flow of value between two different parties. For centuries, we've looked at how people have behaved, how they've actually behaved. This has allowed us to set up this value flow. So, you know, say I have a bakery. I could set up my shop and look at how people are engaging with the food, the bread that I bake. What are they enjoying? What sells out? What do I see them talking about? You know, when I go to my friend's house, what sort of bread are they having with breakfast? What are they putting on the bread? These types of things are going to influence my behavioral choices in my business, right? We created, we tested, and we listened. We got feedback from the market. So another one comes to mind is, you know, I've got uh, a lot of friends who play music, and a couple of them have been buskers at different periods of time, played on street corners, and made pretty good money. The way that they would do this is they would look for the right place, and they've told me about this. It's like they could pick up the vibe Right, they could pick up the vibe of sort of the corner or the street that they were on and kind of sense it a little bit. Then they would sit up, start to play music, and then they would watch the people. Right, so they're watching the people to see the feedback from the music. If people loosen up a little bit, of people enjoying the music, they'll see that as a good sign, and then the little donations can come or the cash can come. They don't sit up. Uh, set up and just watch the little bucket or the hat or whatever the people throw the money into. They need to watch the people. So in both of these situations, we've got some good case studies of what it means to watch the people, you know, as far as setting up business. Uh, Third example, I remember when I opened up my first business, which was in retail, which was a running specialty store, and we were setting up in a place called Crow's Nest, which is near North Sydney. 
And I remember going into Crow's Nest for days at a time and we would just sit around and watch what was going on because this was kind of before the stages of, uh, you know, internet, social media. And so we would go and just watch people. And we knew that, you know, ultimately people would come to the store as a destination store. But we wanted to see what the vibe was like. What was this place? You know, what were people doing around here? Uh, Were there runners? Were there people into sport, triathletes? You know, what was the scene like? When did the businesses open up? When did the crowd dissipate? We We needed to see who was around. Uh, so then, you know, an interesting thing happened and it actually went down sort of, it had happened prior to this, obviously, but it kind of really was noticeable during that time around 2009 through 2012, when we really started to get connected online, you know, whether it's uh, search, then of course came social media, uh, email was in long before then. But really, we started to we started to pay more and more attention online. I, I remember a specific incident in that running store where you were able to all of a sudden get the radio online. So what I would do is uh, stream. I think it was Triple J through and a little online wireless internet dongle. And uh, one day I, I streamed it for so long that I ended up racking up like a $2,000 bill. And at the time it was crazy, right? And so I had to argue this uh, data bill. But basically we started looking to the internet for things like entertainment, connection, friendships, um, networks. And this whole shift was really massive. Now, this was cool because it it created a lot of connection. It, it created, it increased the number of relationships we could hold. It created the reality or kind of the situation that we have now. But a really key byproduct of the shift was that as business owners and even individuals, we started to track numbers. Uh, we started to digitize our perspective at another level so we looked at things like website views link clicks followers likes and small metrics this stuff all became really valuable really quickly and anyone who's on social media or has a business on and you have social media accounts uh, you will have even been approached by people trying to sell you followers and likes you can even buy this stuff it's become monetized uh, through hacks and different cheats right so this this created a massive shift people started to really focus on this kind of engagement concept and what's called small metrics now the thing is as we shift, we, we only have a certain amount of attention as humans. And as we shift our attention towards small metrics, it means we shift our attention away from the people that we want to serve. So you can see relative to the bakery or the busker, we've now shifted our focus away from the person in front of us and towards a number on the screen. Now, this shift has changed the actual behavior of people and business owners and shifted how they think. And it's shifted how a lot of people are thinking today. And what's now happening is people are creating content or creating blog posts or creating different things to encourage 
more likes or to encourage these small metrics. Okay, so it's really important because we're going to dive into this concept of traction here. So with the focus of many people in small business now shifting towards creating short-term traction or engagement, we can see a little bit of an issue pop up because this concept, this traction and engagement is actually a byproduct. It's not the work itself. So rather than telling an interesting story or solving, working on out how to solve a, a unique problem in a way that delights people, particular people, the business owners are getting caught up in or focusing on the small metrics as a measure of success and focusing on creating for small metrics. So uh, the problem with all of this, because so far is just a shift, right? But let's look at how it becomes a bit of an issue is now we're looking at a byproduct, right? Now we're looking at something which is secondary to the change that we want to make with somebody. Okay, or the problem that we want to solve or the story we want to tell. We're not actually looking at the key focus area. We're not looking at the main problem. The main problem is no longer in the center of our attention. We're focusing on these other small metrics. So this is a, a side effect. It's another sort of byproduct of, of this whole kind of digitization of the culture. As we spend more and more time online, we move more into the head and we tend to focus on more of this sort of numbers and metrics now it could be uh we could be talking here about engagement as we mentioned we could be talking about number of likes or followers or any of these things that you kind of want to think about uh, in terms of numbers but it even could be number of leads that you get it could be uh, any of these real metrics click-throughs, shares, any of this stuff. Uh, this, in any of these cases, the this, this small metric is the byproduct of the work itself. So let's go back to the 200 mile down the boat. This is something that happens as a result of focusing on the act itself. You get the 200 mile day when you sail well, okay, when you know how to sail. You need to watch the weather. You need to check in on the boat speed. Well, you can check in on the boat speed, but the main thing is to focus on the weather, the sails, the steering, and the decision-making based on these things. Here we see the trap. If we focus all of our attention on the 200 miles, we don't have enough attention to focus on the actual act of sailing itself. If we focus all of the attention on the engagement or getting traction in inverted commas, we don't have enough attention to focus on delighting the customer or the people that we seek to serve. So we need to shift the attention back, right? If we're not getting traction with something, we need to shift the attention back to being uh, consumer-centric or customer-centric and focus on cultivating empathy for the people that you want to work with rather than these small metrics or digital outcomes that we're seeing. So in essence, if you're not getting traction, if we're not seeing traction on an idea, it just means that we're not creating a story that resonates. And most likely, it means that we're not watching or listening to the customer at a deep enough level. 
Okay, so I'm going to go say that again because this is really this is a really hard concept and it's also quite difficult to swallow as the business owner because it kind of hurts the ego. If we're not getting traction in something, it just means that we're not likely creating a story that resonates with the people we want to serve. And that means that it's most likely we're not watching or listening to the customer at a deep enough level. So uh, Steve Blank, he talked a lot about this uh, concept, particularly for founders uh, of startups, in particular in the tech sort of industry. And he he would kind of say that, you know, you can do all of this great work on coming up with ideas and doing things on whiteboards and brainstorming and whatever you want to do to delight the customer. And you can do all of this stuff behind the whiteboard or, or in the boardroom or in your office. And this is called inside the building work. And you can come up with this hypothesis, but ultimately you need to get outside of the building at least 20% of the time to validate your assertions, right? To, to validate your idea. So if you have an idea for, you know, a product or an event, one of the assertions is that people are actually interested in this thing. So Steve Blank tells us that, well, to really validate that, we need to get outside. We need to get out of the building and go and watch people, listen to people, see what people are actually doing, not what they're saying, and see if this matches up with the assertion that we've got. Because if we're not getting traction, it just means that either our assertion is off or our communication is off. We're not telling a powerful enough story to bring this assertion into their perspective or to their attention. Right, so any metrics or ideas that you've got as you think about what to create or your content or changing your business model or growing your business, maybe it's your main service or product itself, uh, any metric or idea that we've got is useless if it's not actually seen as important to the people you want to work with. So if we keep putting the stuff out there and there's no traction, then it's just saying that we need, hey, we need to go back and test this idea, cultivate more empathy, create a different story, look deeper to see why they're correct in ignoring this. Why is this not moving one person, right? Let alone everyone. Let's just focus on one or two to begin with. And it means that when we focus on this sort of underlying driver of traction, uh, we see that it's important for us to test, to make sure that we have something that resonates with at least one particular individual. Okay, so it begins with one. If we can, if we can move the heart or connect with the heart of one individual, then we have a chance to do it with more. Right. So it gets pretty simple. Uh, lack of, you know, lack of the 200 miles or lack of miles on the chart is telling us that the boat is slow or that we don't know how to sail yet or we need to do some work with the sails. Lack of traction with your service, your product, your content, whatever it may be, is telling you or telling us that there isn't yet a fully formed story that resonates. 
So the focus for any small business owner to create change is to tell a story that resonates. You know, who are you? What are you about? What's the change that you want to see? What do you believe in? You know, what do you really want to see happen in the world? Is this something that is going to touch my heart as someone in the audience? Is this going to be seen as important to me? Something that I want to get behind, you know, and from there, I can tell my friends about it. From there, it can spread sideways. And from there, we can create traction. The traction itself comes secondary. It's not actually a thing that we can focus on. But what we can focus on is seeing if we can come up with a more powerful way to create change with one individual. And then we can expand from there. So waving harder, yelling louder, doing, putting more stuff out, uh, you know, just, just blasting things out to get more attention will have little impact. However, watching more, listening more, and crafting a better story that can resonate more powerfully will do a lot. It will feel like it's a slowdown. However, this is the only way to create something that resonates enough to spread. So what can we do? Well, here's, here's, a, here's a, a short little list. I think there's six things here that we can focus on, right? Because at the end of the day, it can be pretty frustrating when, you, when you're doing things, when you're creating things, when you're putting stuff out and it's just not going anywhere. So let's break it down to five, to sorry, six things we can do that uh, sets up some, some steps. So the first one is to make, we need to make a commitment. You need to make a commitment to not put the small metrics ahead of the work itself. So if you're looking at your social media, your Instagram or your emails or your lists or your podcast subscribers or any of this stuff as a as any sort of primary metric or anything that comes first, uh, you're diverting attention away from the people that you seek to serve. Okay, so you're looking at a, at a vanity metric or a small metric instead of the work itself. So the first thing is to make a commitment to prioritize the work itself before these other metrics. That these metrics themselves are not actually where the answer lies and it's not even where the revenue lies. It's not really anything. It's a byproduct. So number two is you need to decide and, and check in to see whether you're clear on the people you want to work with. So one of the first questions that I ask small business owners when I work with them is like, okay, cool, who's who's your work for? Who are you working with? Who do you who do you want to serve? And as you can imagine, you know, it's a simple question, but it can have, you know, a spectrum of answers. Sometimes it'll be, well, anyone who, you know, anyone who wants to be healthy uh, which is obviously way too broad. And sometimes, you know, they've done a little bit more work and it's a little bit more specific. So we need to be, uh, you know, almost painfully clear on the people that we want to work with. If we're not, then there's absolutely, again, no point in looking at any of these metrics or traction because we have no hope of creating something specific or we have no hope of creating a story that resonates. So the step there is if we're not sure, then we need to get sure. We need to choose. 
you're better to choose and have something to work with than to not have anything at all. So that's number two. Decide on if you're clear with on the people that you want to work with. And if not, we need to get clear quickly. Okay, number three is to uh, stop putting stuff out there, right? Just stop posting for a second and just spend, you know, stop changing the service, stop adjusting the product, putting new events out and just spend five to 10 hours listening and observing the clients or the people that you want to work with. So number two, we, we identified who these people were. Now we need to just observe, right? Nothing to change, nothing to sell, nothing to offer. Just notice what are they doing? What are they watching? Where are they going? Okay, and this leads us to number four. Notice what these people do versus what they say. Okay, so what people wear, what people do, where they go is telling you the real truth about what they believe in or the story that they're a part of or the story that they're telling themselves. So I talk about this concept of narrative a lot. This, this narrative is really shown through our actions uh, it's not really spoken. So we're not that clear even on our own narrative when we when we talk. Uh, but if you look at what we're doing as individuals, you can see what we believe in, what we stand for. Okay, so you need to notice this and spend some time observing and making some notes or understanding what these people believe in. Uh, and, you know, from here we move into number five, which is have a think about the story that you're creating as an individual in a business and see if you're clear on that. So, for example, you know, some of the stories could be that, you know, maybe in you're in health and wellness and you've come from pain and you've learned to rehabilitate yourself through uh, strength training. And this is, you know, it's gone from from pain to freedom, right, of the body and the mind. It could be that you're, uh, you know, in, say you're in some, say you're in business and you went from, you know, just starting out and then you saw great success and you, you've created a story there and, you know, finding your power in business and doing the thing that you love. Maybe the story is about becoming a digital nomad so that you can travel the world with, you know, and giving back to different cultures. And a big part of that is the work that you're able to do. So the way that you're living, the way you're setting up your business, the things that you do is all crafting a story. This is going to include your beliefs, your values, what you stand for. And, you know, right now, stories about freedom resonate a lot because there's a perceived reduction in freedom with a lot of the lockdowns and these sorts of things. So you'll see how different stories will resonate with the culture at different times. Uh, stories about connection resonate really well right now. So getting clear on what your story is, is super important. Um, it might be about empowerment. It might be about seeing what's possible. It might be about helping others. It might be about um, you know, climate change. It could be anything. And we need to know what that is. Okay, so the last one, number six, is to recognize that as individuals, we'll always want to be part of a story more than we want a feature or a benefit. Okay, so yes, we need things uh, to eliminate pain or to help us, you know, create gains or to solve particular problems. 
but you have to recognize that all of these things, these problems that we've got are just in the context of the story that we're playing out in our head and the, the story that we're a part of in our own life. So for example, if I want to you know, go to the car wash to get my car cleaned, uh, that's solving a particular problem for me, which is that my car needs to be clean and it's more effective or more efficient for me to do it at a car wash. But that in itself, that job or that um, you know, pain alleviator or gain creator is just a part of the story that I tell myself that I'm the kind of guy that has a clean car. So the story that we tell ourselves is driving the whole thing. The narrative is driving the action. So if we go back through those six things quickly, one, make a commitment to not prioritize these small metrics. If you catch yourself saying, I'm not getting traction, you know, this isn't working. That's it. You need to make a commitment to check yourself and go back to understanding the customer or the people you serve. Number two, decide if you're clear on the people you want to work with yet. If you're not clear, you're not going to be able to get traction. This happens all the time. Very, very common in small business. Uh, most of the time we can get clearer on the people that you want to work with. I would say that's number one of the number one things. Uh, number three is once you're clear, stop putting things out for a second and start listening. Spend five to 10 hours just listening to these people, understanding what they're up to and trying to learn. Uh, number four is notice what people do versus what they say. So a lot of people will say certain things to you, but then they'll go and do something different. And the actions are the true indicator of the underlying narrative. Number five, think about the story that you're creating. Are you clear on that? Are you clear on your values? Are you clear on you know, why your business came into existence? Are you clear on what you're about? You know, where you're going? This is super powerful. This is the kind of thing that's going to get you through when things are a little bit tough. But it's also making sure that you're clear on the story that you're creating for the people you want to serve so that they can be a part of it, right? So you can start to see there's a match here. Uh, number six, the last one was recognizing that we always want to be part of a story. We want to belong to something. We want affiliation more than we want a particular feature or benefit. The features or benefits are uh, the nuts and bolts, but we're looking for the bigger transformation or the bigger thing that we can be a part of. What, what is possible if I choose to engage in your work? What is possible for me, right? Because we're all acting out of our own story, our own narrative. If the thing is not getting traction, the work is not getting traction, chances are one of these six areas will need some attention. And that's great because we can break it down and just go through and structurally address it and then um, roll that out through the work. And we usually see results pretty quickly. So in essence, you know, to kind of wrap this up, we create change through the stories we tell. And when we create change, we're sort of touching each other at a deeper level, you know, at the heart level, uh, at the feeling level. And this means that we need to evoke feeling with a particular individual more than we need more eyeballs on our work. If we're getting frustrated because something's not uh, taking off, not going viral, not getting lots of eyes on it, not getting traction as quickly as we wanted, uh, it's the chances are is because we've lost touch of this 
realization that we need to really be able to reach the heart of one or two individuals first before it can go sideways. Eyeballs will come, more views will come, more traction will come, but it's not the focal point. It's the byproduct of focusing on the work at hand, which is built in empathy and then results in stories that resonate and a change that can happen. So I hope that's been of some use. Uh, I know it can be very, you know, very tricky because a lot of people have started out this small business journey in the context of a digitized culture. And so the very first thing that they're looking at is number of followers or things of this nature. And I can tell you that firstly, you know, business existed uh, long before these things. So while content and communication is a great opportunity, uh, creating a story that resonates and can be shared and that can be, you know, something that we can be a part of is the underlying foundation. It's the, the key behind all of it. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you've got any questions on this episode, send them along, john at johntmarsh.com. Happy to address them on one of the upcoming episodes. That's it for today. Thanks so much. See you on the next one. 